close your eyes and pull like a dog. <laughs> and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam Maguire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to episode 18 of the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined as always by Star Sport Editor, Kieran McCarthy. On today's show we'll be looking ahead to the Munster Ladies Football Final this weekend between Cork and Waterford. We'll be speaking to Ireland hockey star David Hart from Kinsale who is in France as we speak, preparing for the first stage in the Olympic quali- qualification process for Tokyo 2020. The Green Machine will take on Egypt, Scotland and Singapore in Pool A, with France, Korea, Ukraine and Chile in Pool B. We'll also preview the weekend's hurling action, specifically the many permutations that are likely to play out during the final weekend of the Munster hurling round robin. But Kieran, before all that, the Cork ladies are in action in the Munster final this weekend and our hot favourites to land another provincial crown when they take on Waterford. Yeah, Jack, like you said, it's Cork versus Waterford in the Munster Ladies final this Sunday evening in Dungarvan at half six. So Cork are huge favourites for this. Um, Cork and Waterford played a couple of weeks ago in one of the, in, in this championship already and Cork won that game by, it was 3.22 to seven points. So if we're going on that alone and that is recent form, like you can't look past Cork for... To put back-to-back titles together this Sunday, um, after the, after Cork beat Waterford, they didn't want to beat Kerry, three sixteen to nine points. So they're heading into this Munster final after scoring six thirty-eight in their two Munster championship games. Um, so it's impossible to see past a Cork win, but and there's always a but, and that's what makes sport so great. Two years ago in Farherfield, which is the scene for this Sunday's final, Waterford actually beat Cork three eleven to one eleven in the Munster championship. So it shows shocks can happen. But this is a far better and more mature Cork team than that team was two years ago. So all indications and all pointers point to, to a Cork victory. Um, and like, they've been going well, Jack. Like, they've obviously won Division 1 of the, the Football League. They've hockeyed Waterford and Kerry with the greatest respect to those two counties so far in the Munster Championship. They're in a diff- different level. And Cork are a Division 1 team and Waterford and Kerry are two Division 2 teams. So I suppose you have to take that into account as well. Waterford did win Division 2, in fairness to them, but still. And, but in the Kerry game, I think uh, what was interesting from a Cork point of view was, you, you, you spoke to the Cork manager, he said it himself, it wasn't the most attractive game on the eye to watch, mm-hmm. but Cork still put up a good score in the end, 3-16. Kerry came 14 girls behind the ball. They yeah. did not have any interest in playing football. And it took Cork 15-16 minutes to get the first score on the board. But they didn't get frustrated. Yeah, they kept to going. They stuck to the process, as they say in modern parlance. And eventually, through I think seven or eight points from Orla Finn and mm. a good spread of scores yeah. across, across the forward line, they eventually put Kerry to the sword. They did, yeah. Kind of like that first quarter. I think it was there was no score in the first forty minutes. So Kerry set up very defensively that day. And this is this is a Kerry team that's very much in transition. They've given thirteen players their championship debut. Um, in the last couple of games so there's been a huge turnover down there they have a new manager Donald Doherty um, who came in this year his first season and they're trying to rebuild like carry down in Division 2 now and they lost that league final to Waterford 
but Kerry are they're a good bit off where Cork are now. Waterford are probably the second best team in the province. So um, it all points to I suppose for Waterford, it's about getting a good performance. And I was talking to Michelle Ryan in, uh, of Waterford. She's incredible. Nineteen consecutive seasons playing um, playing football with the Waterford ladies. Incredible record. Um, I was talking to Michelle for an interview in this week's Southern Star, and we're making the point that in the recent game between Cork and Waterford. Cork were 2-5 to North score up halfway through the first half so Waterford that game was effectively over then so Waterford really need to start well on, on Sunday evening to stand any chance um, whether they'll try and go defensively like Kerry will I don't know kind of it's asking a lot of a team to kind of change their setup in a couple of um, in a short space of time but Waterford will have seen the joy that Kerry got in holding Cork scoreless for 15 points so that might impact their thinking some bit and Interesting to know too, it's going to be a busy weekend too, Jack, for St. Cullum's Libby Coppinger or, or Jewel Star. She's um, the Cork Camogie team is starting the defence of their All-Ireland title on Saturday evening in Six Mile Bridge, their way to Clare. And Libby is involved in, in the Cork Camogie team. And then less than, well, 24 hours later, she'll be involved in the Cork football team for the Munster final. So a busy weekend for Libby. Busy weekend for Libby. And it's also worth mentioning Hannah Looney is the other the other Cork Jewel player. So for Hannah, for Hannah and Libby... They have an All-Ireland Camogie game and a Munster football final in the one weekend. That is quite a busy And it weekend. makes me feel a bit inadequate when I see my plans for the weekend. So, <laughs> Well, just before we move on, and uh, obviously we have an interview with David Hart coming up in part two, but before we move on, in terms of predictions, what I'm getting from you and from the coverage I followed, it, it, realistically, it should be a comfortable enough win for the Cork ladies. But just... Based on something I watched on television last night, which is kind of the the the, the, the women's World Cup is the telev- television event of the summer, mm-hmm. and USA, who are one of the favourites for the tournament, they put Thailand to the sword <laughs> last night. You know, I think it finished thirteen or fourteen nil. Thirteen nil. Thirteen nil. Lucky yeah. number thirteen for the Thai ladies soccer mm-hmm. team. But what what the angle I'm coming from this is. For goals number 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 and 13, the USA ladies did not stop celebrating. Every goal they celebrated like it was the, the winning goal in the World Cup final. Now what I want to ask you is, if the Cork ladies on Sunday evening are beating Watford by a 10 point margin or a comfortable margin, I hope there's no Watford people listening to this because they'll stick it on the, on the dressing room wall. But can you see... The Cork ladies footballer is still fist pumping and high fiving and chest bumping, even if they are 20, 25 points to go against Watford. I'm going to go straight to the amateur GA kind of card here. Um, yeah, that was incredible by the USA last night. I think Alex Morgan got five goals. And I saw some interview after where she said um, that each goal matters in this competition. And I was thinking, well, the 11, 12, and 13 goals don't really matter. They do for her, though, because she probably wants the golden boot. Probably, yeah, I suppose, looking at, look at that respect. But um, as for what the Cork ladies will do, they'll just roll on the subs. But saying that, though, the subs to come out for the Cork ladies are just as good as, as, as the, the players who are starting. So and they'd want to lay down a marker as well. For, for the for the All-Ireland Championship coming up. So, yeah, so I'm not sure we get a 13-0 on, on, on Sunday. But in terms of prediction, I'm going to put my reputation What's on the, the line. Over-under? Huh? What's the over-under here? I, I'd say Cork by 12 to 15, I would think. Um, and when that 15th point goes over you expect raucous celebrations oh it's going to go nuts like kind of uh, the, the fans in the grandstand and everyone it's going to uh, just, just can't see past the Cork win Waterford will put up a better battle they are at home but there's a golfing class between the sides and this Cork team is a team 
up there with Dublin like they're the two best teams in, in, in the country at the moment and I think Cork needs to lay down the marker to kind of the, the Dubs be watching on kind of say look we're coming and they are they are so I think there's a lot bigger battles to lie ahead but it's still an, it's an important step step along along the, the path and the journey that this this Cork team is taking right now OK then Kieran. well hopefully we'll be speaking to the jewels, one of the jewel stars Kieran mentioned there Libby Coppinger on next week's show but don't hold us to that because you never know but for now we'll take a break and coming up next we're speaking to Ireland hockey star Kinsale's David Hart Thank you for listening to the Star Sports Podcast Don't forget to pick up this week's Southern Star featuring our award winning sports section that is everything a sports fan in West Cork could want Available every Thursday in shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world. The Southern Star, number one for sport in West Cork. Welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast. And Kieran, the Irish men's hockey team set off on their road to Tokyo in France this weekend. And the Hart brothers from Kinsale have both been named in the squad. Um, could you maybe tell us a little bit about the Hearts before we hear from David? Yeah, I suppose you've Connor and David Hart twins who are the same age Jack I have you know um, they're from Valenspittal Kinsale so they've bought over 250 caps each for the Ireland men's senior hockey team which is phenomenal um, David is a two time world goalkeeper of the year so he's the best in the world of what he does he's a top class goalkeeper um, he plays his club hockey in Holland with SV Kampong I probably made a hames of that name. But no, I think your Flemish is coming on. It's coming on leaps, leaps yeah. and bounds, yeah. Conor Dinn is, is a defender for the Ireland team. He plays professional hockey too, and he's over in, in Belgium. He plays... Um, oh, give, Ra- us, give us this one as well. With Racing Club to Bruxelles. But it's Brussels, I think. But I think it's... Bruxelles, I'd say. Bruxelles, yeah. B-R-U-X-E-L-L-E. I've an awful habit of trying to put on an accent when I'm describing a foreign word. We were in Paris years and years ago, just kind of slightly diversing now. And we were getting a taxi in from the Charles de Gaulle airport to, to um, our, our hotel. Charles de Gaulle. And I was there to the taxi driver and he was kind of, uh, where are you going? And um, I was saying, Hotel du Sarge. <laughs> and my better half is looking beside me kind of saying, what are you saying? And I said, it's the Hotel du Sarge. And it's the Hotel du Centre. But I thought, that, yeah, I was putting on the kind of the, the French take on the, the word centre. And I made a total mess above it so um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think you were pronouncing it quite right but at least look at least you tried I think people appreciate when in Rome, you know, or when in Paris or when in Paris as the case may be but yeah the two Hart brothers they're mainstays of the Irish men's hockey team they both played at the Rio Olympics in 2016 when Ireland qualified there and David O'Connor are very keen to get back to the Olympics again um, with the games in Tokyo 2020 so they have a chance to qualify with the, the FIH World Series that's on this month and it's starting this weekend. So I'd had a chat with David earlier just to see how preparations are going and his thoughts ahead of the tournament. We're delighted to be joined on the Star Sport podcast by living legend of Irish men's hockey, David Hart. Uh, well over 250 caps now, Dave, and you're, you're still going strong. Um, thanks for joining us. Not a bother. Thanks for having me on again, Kieran. Um, so we're just having a chat with Dave um, this week because the Irishman's hockey team is at the International Hockey Federation's World Series in France that gets underway this, this weekend, this Saturday. So this, this tournament, Dave, it's the first stage of the Olympic qualif- qualification process. Um, can you explain how this tournament works and how hopefully Touchwood Ireland can take a step towards the 2020 Olympics in the next week or so? 
Yeah, I'll certainly try my best. It's a it's a bit confusing to be honest, but uh, right now, of course, it's a similar event that's being hosted in Bambridge by the women, um, and it is essentially our first step in the qualifying process towards uh, Tokyo 2020. There's three of these events taking place uh, over the last month and the coming month at the minute. Uh, for the men's section, the first one it was in Malaysia in the end of April. There was now the one that is happening in India, and there's obviously the third one here, which is ourselves competing in France. Uh, all eight-team tournaments, and in order to get yourself into the final qualifying stage, uh, which will take place in the end of October, beginning of November, you have to get yourself into the final of each of the events. So the top two teams will go through. And how it all works out then, you come up against uh, another different opposition from outside of these uh, league, or the hockey series as they're called, and participate against perhaps a team from the FIH Pro League, where you have eight teams from there. So it could be Great Britain, could be Spain, and basically in the best of three, winner takes all and gets the tickets to go to Tokyo. Is it a harder process this time to get to the Olympics than it was in 2016? <laughs> well, it's certainly more confusing, that's for sure. Um, uh, but you could argue, of course, that uh, it might be slightly harder or there's more benefits in the in the pro league that, I, that neither the Irish men or women are competing in. It's uh, eight teams that have been selected by the FIH who have been constantly playing matches home and away um, in front of what is supposed to be packed stadiums and live audiences sent all around the world and playing against the, the best teams in the world. So you could say those kind of nations already have a bit of an advantage, of course, um, going towards October, November because of the quality matches that they have under the belt and the time they spend together. Whereas ourselves, um, like the other teams in these kind of tournaments, are dipping in, dipping out, and then you have to come and compete in such an event and make your way through to the top two, like I mentioned, to ultimately get yourself to face off against one of those higher-ranked nations. So you're, you're, you're starting this Saturday with a game against Scotland, and Ireland are in a group with Egypt, Scotland, and Singapore. That's in Pool A. Pool B then is France, Korea, Ukraine, and Chile. So Scotland this weekend, how important is it to get off to a good start? Yeah, like... like... Like in any event, in any tournament, in any across any sport, uh, putting your best foot forward, and especially in the opening match, is key to how you have the uh, the confidence to take into the next game and have a good flow behind you. And uh, I think we are the highest ranked nation at this tournament, so. Of of course, you could argue that there is a bit of extra added pressure, but at the same time, nothing will change. All the cliches will be out one game at a time. We won't underestimate any opposition, but realistically, fully believe and very confident if we do our homework on oppositions and really focus on ourselves to perform at our at our best here, then uh, we'll go quite far in this event. In terms of preparation, you played the USA and then you did a couple of games against France on, on home side there last week. And I think you won both games against France, did you? So preparation's going quite well, Dave, is it? Yeah, preparation's been good. Um, it was good to see, obviously, some home support back in Ireland as well for the for the men's teams. It's not often we have many test matches, so the two matches were down in Dublin were well supported, and up north in Lisnagarvi, two matches again against the French, which was good as well, just to get the the group going. And I think it was the USA games were the first kind of matches that we had as a as an officially selected team and squad that will be going to participate in this event here in Le Touquet in France. Obviously, you, you're, yourself and your brother Connor were involved in 2016, like you mentioned there, the Irish hockey team getting to that Olympics. What's been the turnover in, 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 the, in the squad since then? Like We're three years on now, we're starting the next Olympic cycle. How many of, of that team is still around, David? Ooh, that's a good question, Kieran. You've, you've caught me on the hop a little bit here, but if I went through it, I could tell you probably most likely you're looking at... Uh... 
let me think, one, two, three, four, five, six or seven guys who have stepped away from the uh, the Olympic squad. Mm-hmm. So there is still an abundance of experience within this squad, but also really exciting, talented youngsters. And, you know, I wouldn't even say youngsters anymore, but guys around the age of 23, 24, who've really made a big step and breakthrough as well, who are playing uh, and playing their trade abroad in European mm-hmm. tournaments and uh, leagues in Germany, in Holland, uh, in England. And so it's really good to see those guys also in Belgium as well, I should have said and uh, really coming back and really kind of showing and stepping up here for the national team, which is great to see. Um, obviously, the Irish women's hockey team had a fantastic year last year. Um, what is the current, health of hockey, the current health of hockey at the moment here in Ireland, David? Is it, is it strong or would you like to see it in a better position or what do you think? Well, we're certainly riding the, the crest of a wave um, and it has mm-hmm. been over the last number of years, but um, Ultimately, for us as as a hockey playing nation, to continue to be in the the media, to be into mainstream TV, radio, um, and the likes, it has to come with success. Mm-hmm. You know, um, success breeds success, and that's ultimately what's happened over the last number of years, where we've had the success of medals at European Championships, uh, qualifying for Olympic Games for the first time in 108 years, the the Women's World Cup medal. Mm-hmm. Um, last summer and this is really another huge step to continue that as well as ourselves to go towards Tokyo 2020 um, and I, I know you mentioned earlier that we are myself and my brother a bit of the elder statesman of the team now <laughs> but I don't like to admit it too much um, but you know we're, we're, we're potentially looking at our last Olympic, coin, uh, Olympic uh, qualifying event and you know you want to get yourself to the pinnacle again having experienced and tasted Rio and uh, go a step further again with this group. Talk me through this week. So you landed in France on Monday and in the run-up to the Saturday, what happens in terms of preparation? Would you train much or what happens? Or um, Yeah, so the, the coming days will be quite quite busy in the sense that, you know, it's getting just uh, narrowing the focus for ourselves. You had a good uh, pitch session today just to stretch the legs and just get out and, you know, open up the lungs for the lads and get used to facility and the surroundings. And then after the pitch session we had a bit of a break and then went to the gym so just keeping the bodies taking over tomorrow we'll have a short kind of practice game against Chile who are in the opposite opposite pool just to go through a couple of tactical things um, and then on, on that will take us to Wednesday and then Thursday have a one or two training sessions and then Friday I think would be nice and light just really uh, some meetings video and uh, get ready and geared up to go for the opening game against Scotland on the Saturday. Because you kind of mentioned earlier that Ireland are the kind of highest ranked team in this tournament. So that, like you said, would bring, I suppose, its own pressure. How, how do you cope with that expectation that, that, you are, that you are the highest ranked team? Like, is that an, how much of an added pressure is that? I think we would probably just convert it into a confidence thing. Is in you know, mm-hmm. if you are the highest ranked thing, uh, team here, then it has come with merit and being able to 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 recognise that and to spread the confidence and belief within the group. With you know, walking as we do with the chest out, head up, and going about our business like we should, never really looking at it in too much of a negative way or or thinking you know this is going to pressurise us some more and there'll be a lot of weight in our shoulders. It's really just quite an exciting phase for a lot of this group and especially for the uh, the eighteen players that are here. And I know for one, I can't wait to get going you can help clear this up for me now I think it was an April Fool's prank by Connor <laughs> on Twitter was it when he, he said he was joining SP Campon that, that, well, that was you sorry that was yeah. you because I 100% fell for that so that was that was an April Fool's wasn't it it certainly was yeah, yeah. I, I thought yeah, Connor happened to be up in, uh, in in Utrecht at the time and I thought yeah we were just <laughs> in the gym and down the change room and I just looked around and there was a jersey hanging up on one of the uh, the lads kind of uh, places in the change room I said listen just fire that up there and I just like throw that out I didn't expect that it would gain the traction that it did and as well as that from going the whole world round from getting messages from uh, 
uh, former teammates from across different teams in Australia to uh, family in America to uh, even as far as local newspapers in Holland, it went that far. So I think uh, it went a bit too far, but I still have to say you had to take it in the, the most lighthearted way possible because it was an April Fool's joke. I have to say you totally fooled me as well because as soon as I saw it, I, I, I retweeted a tweet and I was about to get on to you, just, I get on to Connor just, just to see what was happening. And then it dawned on me, oh, it's April's first. So. It looked pretty legitimate, I must say. I know, I know, I know. It was a pretty good one. So, so kind of confidence is high at the moment. You're looking forward to the weekend. So, everything going well. You finish in the top two and move on to the next, the next round. That's that must be the hope, David. Is it? That sums it up perfectly, Karen. Yeah, spot on. Brilliant. Now, come here, Dave. Thanks for giving us your time. I know your friends at the moment preparing for for the weekend. So, we do appreciate your time. Best of luck to you and all the lads. And hopefully, we'll be chatting you in a couple of weeks and you're moving forward to the next stage. Brilliant. Thanks, Kieran, to you as well, of course, for all your time and the promotion of uh, our sport down in, in Cork and, of course, the, the wider Munster region as well. So that's greatly appreciated. Thank you for listening to the Star Sports Podcast. Don't forget to pick up this week's Southern Star featuring our award-winning sports section that has everything a sports fan in West Cork could want. Available every Thursday in shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world. The Southern Star, number one for sport in West Cork. Welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast. And on Sunday afternoon, the Munster Hurling Championship Round Robin reaches its conclusion with Tipperary hosting Limerick and Cork travelling to Ennis to take on Clare. But it's all a bit confusing as to what the current standings are and who is likely to progress in the Munster final. But thankfully, Kieran, there are people like Dennis Hurley in this world to break down this sort of thing for us noobs. There's not enough people in the world like Dennis Hurley. In fairness to him, like he went to an awful lot of trouble to work out all the different permutations ahead of the last round of the Munster Senior Hurling Championship this this weekend. I couldn't sit down and do this. I don't have the patience for it, but Dennis does. So Dennis takes all the praise and credit for this. But... There are nine permutations for the last round of the Munster Hurling Championship this Sunday. Um, depending on the results, Cork could reach the final, come toward the progress to the All-Ireland Series, or actually be knocked out of the Championship this weekend. So there, there's a lot on the line with Cork heading to, heading to Clare. So I'll give you a couple of the permutations because um, there's, yeah, like I said, there's nine of them there. So if Cork win and Tip win, this would see Tip finish top of the group on eight points. Cork would be in second place on six points and Limerick in third on four points. And that would mean a Cork and Tip Munster final. But if Cork and Limerick would win, that means Cork, Limerick and Tip would all be level on six points. But currently, Cork, um, currently Limerick and Tip have a superior scoring difference. So Cork would need to win by a large amount to make it to the final. So you're looking at a Tip-Limerick final there. And it goes on and on and on. So check out the Southern Star on Thursday for a breakdown of the nine different permutations Hopefully we'll have a Cork win, that they'll stay in the championship, and hopefully they'll get to the Munster final. But I'm a small bit confused as to how they're going to get there and what happens. But Dennis has, has it explained really, really well, very sharp and concise. So and that's in this week's Southern Star, Dennis's breakdown of all the possible permutations. Yeah, page five, go straight to page five. And what else can we expect in, uh, in this week's paper then, Kieran? It's, um, while we're on the subject. While we're on the subject. It's, um, nice little segue there. We have yeah, 24 pages again of the best of local sport. Um, we have a four-page preview of the Munster Ladies football final between Cork and Waterford. It's on in Fratterfield on Garvin this Sunday at half six. Um, 
I have uh, an interview with Melissa Duggan from Dunman Way. She's the Cork Defender. And basically what we're chatting about there is um, Melissa is a pharmacy student, a fourth year pharmacy student up in, up in Dublin. But as we all know, or a lot of people might know, that the ladies footballers get no expenses, no travel expenses whatsoever and no expenses. So twice a week, Melissa has to get the train down from Dublin to Cork for training. Um, and she has to pay for that out of her own pocket. Um, so it's a it's a huge it's a huge to- for a student especially to be forking out seventy quid alone just on a train every week. Not to mind bus fares, loose fares, and all that. So I just chat about that with Melissa. I suppose how tough it is being a student and the fact that ladies players don't get any expenses. We also have a feature on the Cork forwards. Um, we've talked in this podcast before just how strong that um, and the strength and depth that the Cork ladies football team have at the moment. So kind of look at the 12 options they have up front and just how strong this this, this Cork attack is. The Fela was on in, in Cork the weekend and we had success for some local teams. Bandon won Division 5 hurling, Clannacilty won Division 2 cup final in the Camogie and there was a couple of more success stories there too. Um, what else do we have? Obviously a lot, lot of the hurling, the hurling was going great guns, Cork Waterford um, in the hurling senior and minor last weekend. Um, Plenty there, Jack. Just a lot of a lot of reading for sports fans. And a special last word column this week on the plumbing of Kerry people of on the Cork people ahead of the Munster final. And it's my survival guide to the Cork people. I suppose how to survive the Munster final build-up because Yera is in full flow in Kerry at the moment. Um, they're playing the poor mouth. They have a lot of injuries. It's Cork's final to win. Is it an organised campaign from the top down? Like, do they Healy Rays set the wheels in motion and the message gets passed around from house to house and pub to pub and business to business? Lads, we're in the Munster final against Cork. Start talking shite. Well, talking shite is the right word. I was reading an interview from Mike Quirk there a couple of years ago. Um, it was actually in the Irish Examiner um, where he was talking about kind of the, the Kerry players before Munster, Munster games against uh, the Clares and Limericks and Tips of this world where... He, I think he admitted that they didn't believe a word that they said in those in those um, those, those those press days because they'd they'd roll out the usual cliches and, and no one believes it and I think no one believes either that that Kerry are in a bad shape as they say that they are they're not you know it's promising of the highest degree and don't believe a word of it and check out this week's last word column for more on how to survive and endure Kerry people over the next week and a half. And that'll all be in Thursday's Southern Star, which, as always, will be available in all good shops around the region and further afield. And, of course, if you can't get to a shop that stocks the Southern Star, which I would advise you to do, but if you can't, it's available for less than €2 a week on the Southern Star website. Just go to www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper and you can read it on your phone, your tablet your desktop, or wherever you like to read online newspapers. But of course, we'd advise getting it in the shop just for the full Southern Star experience. 100%. Um, and two euro, that is less than a bowl of soup to heat up our hands in these cold summer's days. So that's great value, Jack. It surely is. Cold um, summer's days, that's a depressing... Uh, it is a kind of... Ireland, it's the only country in the world that there's no sun in the summer, you know, kind of. It's just... It is... Ah well, after last summer we can't. We did have a good. We had it nearly too good last year. But it's it's in our nature to complain. You oh, know, I know, kind yeah, of, yeah. 
There's a reason I'm as pale as I am because I haven't seen an ounce of sun this summer. <laughs> and speaking of the cold summer days, you must be <laughs> suffering with your new Skinner haircut, walking around Skibbereen with the gusts and the regular, oh, and the regular rainfall. So your head must be pretty cold. It's pretty cold. Um, I think when you go to hairdressers, um, that there's the mirrors are distorted. That the hair, your hair looks always looks better in the hairdressers, and I, I didn't realize. My haircut was as tight till I came out of the hairdressers on Monday. And like you said, a gust of cold wind. And I've been frozen with the cold since. It's my championship haircut in the in the start of June. And there's a good bit of growth to get back to where I want it to be. But it is what it is. I don't. I think I can pull it off, Jack. Yeah, you're looking good. Um, anyway, thanks for listening to the Star Sport podcast and the update on Kieran's hair. <laughs> and we'll be back at the same time next week. So if you enjoyed these shows... Please make sure to rate, review and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher or wherever else you listen to the show. Thank you for listening to the Star Sports Podcast. Don't forget to pick up this week's Southern Star featuring our award-winning sports section that has everything a sports fan in West Cork could want. Available every Thursday in shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world. The Southern Star, number one for sport in West Cork.